Welcome to a brand new edition of the Bruin Bible. We've got some news, man. There is no offseason when it comes to your UCLA Bruins. Will Decker, your host, joined by your co-host, one of the best guys around, the man, the myth, the legend, the madman. What is going on, my brother? Doing well, Will. The thrill. So excited to be talking about the Bruins. You know, you mentioned this just a couple of minutes ago offline, there is no such thing as the offseason anymore. It just seems like day after day, week after week, the stories get bigger, the excitement gets bigger, and it's just so fun to break it down. But I think with the transfer portal and with name, image, and likeness, and just with the fluidity of the sport now, we are in a 24-7 news cycle. We are in a 24-7, 365 sport in college football moving forward. So, so excited to always be breaking it down with you. We are brought to you today by two sponsors, Bet Online, where all your online betting should occur. Make sure you use code LAFB. I mean, if you're not gambling on the LA or, you know, the NFL playoffs right now, what are you doing? We got NBA basketball. I'm picking the Lakers to potentially make the playoffs this year, sliding those seven or eight seeds. We'll see about that. Uh, we got March Madness coming up. We were just talking about the UCLA Bruins basketball team getting in the top five. So shout out our UCLA fan base on that. Every one of your betting needs can be taken care of on Bet Online, where the gambling starts. Make sure to check that out. And Madman, another very cool sponsor that we've been able to get is none other than Athletic Greens. Man, Athletic Greens, they sent us a package in the mail. It was my first time really trying their product. It was beautiful, and it was you know, you open it up, you got your bottle that you use, you got the, the the formula that they use to, you know, help out with gut health in terms of a lot of vitamins and minerals you could take in your morning, you know, drink, you can put it in your smoothie, you can do whatever you want. And it was such a game changing experience to me. I actually brought it out to my parents. They love it now. They're hooked. They actually got their own order coming in. So, you know, Athletic Greens giving us a lot of great things. And we were just so honored as LA Football Network to be officially sponsored by these guys and just a lot of great things going on there and just to make it easy for you guys at home if you guys want to join us and you know drinking our you know uh athletic greens in the morning or whatever it may be we're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase uh, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com lafb again that is athleticgreens.com lafb to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens, man. Let's get healthy to start 2023. This is the best way to do it. But Madman, crazy, crazy week in terms of football. We were unable to get into a podcast after Fridays when I record in the morning. And we will start with one of the big names. we got two big names to go over. J. Michael Sturdivant, you know, the wide receiver coming from Cal. And there's just a lot to be excited about with this guy. 65 grabs. 755 yards and seven touchdowns was a freshman All-American for Cal. And the tweet that really gets me, because you know me as a fan of college football, one of my favorite things to come out at the beginning of each and every season is the Bruce Feldman's freak list. Bruce Feldman 
does this year in and year out. And I'm going to read the tweet verbatim for you, Madman, before I turn you over and hear your thoughts about the young, new, talented wide receiver. Big gift for UCLA landing Cal wide receiver J. Michael Sturdivant. Bruins have been excellent mining the portal the past couple of years. The six foot three, 203 pound Texan who runs a 10 4 900 meter dash had a terrific debut season with all the stats I just listed. Should be a freak list guy in 2023. So we got a freak coming to Westwood. Madman, where were you when you got the news and how excited should Bruins fans be to get arguably wide receiver number one coming to the Rose Bowl? Oh, well, it was so exciting on Friday. I was sort of in transit driving and, you know, I had an opportunity at a red light. At a red light, mind you, there was no texting and driving, but an opportunity to sort of pop on to Twitter for a few seconds and then seeing the Sturdivant news was just absolutely phenomenal. And Will, you and I have talked about this over the past few weeks. For me, there were still some concerns at wide receiver going into 2023. I think Cam Brown is a very solid player. Obviously, TMA, Logan Loya. I just felt that in order to be a championship caliber team, a team that is competing for the Pac-12 conference title, I was not sure that group there was a wide receiver one in that group to be a championship caliber team. Those questions have been resoundingly answered with Sturdivant. Will, you talked about the statistics, but to me, what's so iconic about this is that it's a 6'3", 205, 10'5", 100. So you're, you're talking about a guy who's sort of prototypical size. He's longer, catch radius is there, and then he can just blow by you. And when you look at how Dante Moore played in that All-American game and how he was able to utilize back shoulder, how he was able to utilize deep inside slant, how he was able to utilize post, I mean, that was all kind of the skill set. When you turn on Sturdivant's video from last year, his game tape, it's all of those things. And so it's so complimentary. He automatically slides into wide receiver one. And now between Sturdivant and Oladijo, that's two Cal Golden Bears, <laughs> arguably their two best players coming now to UCLA. So if UCLA has to pay that Berkeley tax, at least Berkeley can serve as UCLA's farm system. And I think that Chip is really uh, leaning into that. But so excited about this, Will. And now you're putting a true wide receiver one on the field. And really the first time UCLA's had a true wide receiver one since potentially Jordan Lasley, and you'd have to go further back. The receiving cores have been really great. Obviously, Phillips was sensational. And then obviously you had Jake Bobo the year after. But those guys were specialists. They were great at what they did, but they did one or two things. Sturdivant is a guy that you can just line him up anywhere, slot, outside, wide hash, um, you know, come in bunch formation and just run every concept of your route tree. And we have our wide receiver number one. And just to think that Chip wasn't even done there and went even beyond that. And I'll, I'll let you get to that one as well, but couldn't be happier for UCLA. And it's becoming more of a coveted spot for wide receivers. And I do want to mention this point because I thought it was very interesting during the season. ESPN was covering one of the night games. I believe it was either the Washington or Stanford game at the Rose Bowl. And they had a pregame like, you know, interview with Jake Bobo. 
And they asked Bobo what he has learned since, you know, moving from the likes of a Duke to UCLA in the wide receiver room. And he goes, you have no idea how much I've gained just from being in the room with the Chip Kelly and this wide receiver staff. You know, I've, I've fixed up my break. You know, I, I'm getting out of my breaks quicker. I'm beating defenders in a lot of different ways. And that goes just to show you what a guy like Chip Kelly can do with an offense. And yes, you know, we, we do have some issues still out there. But you look at just the talent that he has been able to bring in. And we've talked about this even last year. The grocery list of, you know, guys that he brings in each every offseason. He's looking, hey, we're losing two guys, a wide receiver. Let's go pick up two more. Running back rooms a little bit thin without Charbonnet. I'm going to have to account for that. Let's go get two of those guys. Let's get another tight end in Matavo. You know, just the level of talent he's brought in from a steal, from a Sturdema to a Matavo. These guys are all playmaking guys that are going to be high-impact players for UCLA for the next few years. Chip, in terms of the transfer portal, is as good as anybody. I've seen enough to know that. And do you agree with my take? Because I think a lot of people were saying once, you know, the Alabamas and the Auburns of the world, you know, get involved in the transfer portal, Chip's not going to be able to get some guys. Listen, they are involved. They got Jamar Gibbs last year. Bam is going to get their guys. But Chip Kelly is time and time again proving he can acquire a lot of these talent from the transfer portal, Madman. Well, you're spot on. And UCLA is becoming now a top perennial top five, top seven destination in terms of transfer portal class. And I think that Chip has cracked the code. And this is why I've been so bullish on Chip over the years, because he's found the strategy. UCLA football has lacked strategy for the last 25 years. They've sort of hoped when SC was down or hoped when SC had a bad year or Oregon or Stanford to sort of crawl their way through the Pac-12 and maybe steal a conference title berth. But now they have this strategy in the transfer portal. You eliminate the GPA from high school. You don't have to sell recruits as much when they're a proven commodity. They're a little bit older. They know what they want. They know what style they want to play in. And now that maturity, they realize, you know, the campus isn't that important. The uniforms aren't that important. The locker room isn't that important. What's important is my development to get to the next level. And so this marriage between Transfer Portal and Chip Kelly is one made in heaven. And I think it's the greatest innovation that a coach has been able to discover given the context of his university in the last 15 years since Jim Harbaugh discovered that the guys who are capable of getting admitted into Stanford are the O-linemen and the D-linemen, and I'm going to build my team around that, around power Big Ten football in the Pac-12. And that led Stanford to multiple Rose Bowl championships and a five, six-year run of excellence. And I think that's where we're headed here, Will, in terms of a, a, a five, six, seven-year run potentially of excellence because there is an underlying strategy that can be repeatable. And folks said, well, it can only work with a certain type of guy. Maybe it's a veteran, non-Power 5, group of five type of player because it was only Quiz Knight and the Schlees of the world and, and the Bobos of the world, even though Duke's Power 5, but you know they're at the bottom of the Power 5. So he's only kind of getting a certain type of guy. Now you get Dante Moore. Now you get Sturdivant. Now you get the next guy we're going to be talking about. Now you get Oladizio. 
these are four and five star prospects that he is getting and, and they're ready made and they don't need to redshirt and they can come and make an impact right away. This is the most optimistic I have been about UCLA football in my entire lifetime, Will. And the one thing I will say is the gap between USC football and UCLA football has never been narrower. When you look now at this pipeline of talent with the university, with the facilities, with the sunshine, with the academic brand, there is nothing. There is absolutely nothing a USC or an Oregon can offer a recruit that UCLA cannot. And you could not say that 10 years ago. You could not say that 20 years ago. That combined now with the big media money and being able to pay coaches top dollar and have the top facilities, the sky is the limit for UCLA football. We are on the ground floor of a potential renaissance here. I really believe this is the ground floor to a run much in the same way 2007, 2008 was sort of the ground floor for that Stanford run. I'm seeing a history repeating itself here, Will, and it's all thanks to what Chip Kelly has been able to do. And it also shows what a great mind and brand he has, and it resonates with players. His success at the collegiate level, his success at the NFL translates, and we're seeing the results of that now. Such an exciting time to be a Bruin fan. Yeah, and you mentioned a lot of great points in there. And a point that I do want to emphasize, too, who had the most NFL draft picks of any Pac-12 team in 2022? You want to get to the next level, you can provide that. We have said for years, like, who has the best facilities in Los Angeles? It's really funny when you look at the pedigree that SC has, you know, multiple Heisman's national championships. Look at where Tom Brady, Odell Beckham, Russell Wilson are all training in the offseason. It's at UCLA. It's not at USC. They've got the superior facilities. It was a sleeping giant, if you will. If they were able to put together what they need to put together, this has a real chance of being something special, and you've seen it. He's hitting on the recruits that are coming from high school. Dante Moore is one of those big-name guys that we're really, really pumped about. And then he's surrounding them with talent, and it's just – you know, this is a big proclamation. I may be saving this for down the line, but I think there's a real chance that this team next year, if Dante Moore is at the helm, Madman, this could be similar to what we're seeing uh, from the 49ers up north, where you have a lot of talented blue chip guys and you've got a rookie quarterback kind of coming in and just not messing things up early. But that run game is going to be potent. You've got the skill position guys on the outside. The defense is looking great. We're going to get to some of those guys later. The defense is looking, at least in returning talent, the most we've had in years. There's a lot to be optimistic about. And, hey, I didn't even mention the schedule yet. Once we get to that, that's going to be even more pumped up. I mean, it's just a lot of great things going on for UCLA. And that leads us to our next guy. Sturdivant, we were through the moon. But when you can convert a Trojan to become a Bruin, that makes things just a little bit more sweeter especially with a guy like Kyle Ford, who has, you know, produced at the college level in a little bit of amounts. He has just been kind of a victim, if you will, of a loaded USC wide receiver room. His biggest game of the year, ironically, came against the Bruins last year. The three catches, 73 yards, a touchdown. This is a six foot four, big bodied wide receiver on the outside, 200 plus pounds, um, a high four star guy. I think he was on the same seven on seven team as Logan Loya back in high school. You saw them congratulate each other on Twitter. Kyle Ford is big, and I know you do the L.A. football show. You, you cover USC as well. 
Give me your thoughts on Ford coming to UCLA because I think this is huge and a big, big win for UCLA. Well, it's massive because I'll tell you why. Go back to that USC-UCLA game. Second best player on the field that night was Kyle Ford. The best player on the field was Jordan Addison. UCLA had no answer for Addison, Bolitnikoff winner. You and I both believe the best receiver in this draft. I mean, he was, he was an NFL player playing a college game. But you go back and you look and you see the three catches that you mentioned. But, Will, those three catches, how contested they were. That, that touchdown in the fourth quarter where he's diving on his back at the left pylon, that throw in the second quarter and catch where he fights off two UCLA players and runs down for another 30 yards. He is in that mold of a Drake London. He's in that mold of a Juju Smith-Schuster. He is in that mold of a Kyle Pitts. He is very special. And this was even before he came to UCLA, Will. Both Ryan Dyroot and I said, this is a huge loss for USC. Because USC has a number of players, a number of receivers that are smaller, they're shiftier, they're speedsters. But nobody brought the skill set and the versatility that Kyle Ford did for his size. And now not only does he choose to leave USC, but then come to UCLA, where between him and Sturdivant, I mean, Will, that is as good a duo as you can have in college football just about outside of Top end SC, top end Ohio State. I don't think there, there's a school that can produce a better duo than the skill set that those two young men are providing. I am over the moon here. And when you look at the compliment, here's the other piece. Sturdivant is a guy, big kid. He can stretch the field vertically. Kyle Ford, another big kid, but he's going to give you all of the intermediate and all of the shorter stuff. And you sort of complete that now with the tight end room that you have. Chip oh. is playing a chess game here in a deep and profound way. And Will, I will say something before we, we move forward. This team is getting dangerously close to being the most talented team that UCLA has had since 1998. Wow. And that, when you talk about 98 with McNown and Deshaun Foster and all those receivers and all the guys on defense, the Mora years were good. Hundley was great. Perkins was there. Franklin was there. It was still a little light at receiver. It was still a little light in some other areas. O-line. You look at, you know, Rosen didn't have much around him after that first year. 05 was Maurice Jones-Drew, Drew Olson, Mercedes Lewis, a great three. Then it sort of fell off after that. When you look at this running back room and you look at this quarterback room and you look at this receiver room and you look at the guys coming back on defense, they are one or two pieces away from being the most talented UCLA team in the last 25 years. And, Will, you gave such a great analogy to the 49ers. I'm going to give one more analogy here. And this team, I don't want to compare the players, so don't get me wrong in that regard. Okay. This okay. team reminds me of 1998 Tennessee, potentially, because wow. 1998 Tennessee had four years of Peyton Manning. And they, Peyton Manning handed the keys to the kingdom of T. Martin. And everybody assumed 98 was going to be a rebuild year for Tennessee. And because they had the great Peyton Manning and there was a drop-off. Let's think about where we were about 30 days ago, Will. 
when we realized DTR, Charbonnet, Bobo, all of these potential guys on defense, the linemen, we were headed for a season where we said, you know, eight, nine wins was good. There might be a little bit of a drop-off. We're going from that now to potentially maintaining, potentially enhancing what we have built the last couple of years. And, oh, by the way, everyone thought those 10-11 win Tennessee teams with Peyton were going to plateau to six, seven wins. They won the Natty that year. And so I'm not, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I think this team in 23 is going to surprise the Pac-12 in a way that 98 team with Tennessee surprised the SEC. And I think we're in for a dynamite season ahead. I love it. And I want to play a fun game too with the position groups, just because it got me thinking when you were mentioning all those talented players within there. So let's start at the quarterback position. You got Dante Moore, you got Garbers, who we've long, you know, heralded as one of the better backups within college football. You got Colin Schley, who started, you know, 11, 12 games last year. Is this a top 15, 20 quarterback room in college football? It's a top 15, 20 quarterback room in football. I mean, you know, <laughs> how many NFL teams have three decent quarterbacks in their quarterback room? I mean, look, look at some of these NFL teams and who they're rolling out week 17, week 18 in terms of closing out the season. This, to me, when you look at Dante Moore as arguably the best quarterback in the class of 2023, and you look at a Garbers, who was a four-star, highly decorated uh, when he chose Washington. Justin Martin. Justin Martin. Justin Martin. You look at Schley, who was a very high-end Mac quarterback. There is no other quarterback room. Maybe you argue SC with Caleb and Malachi is probably, you know, up there. Some of the other sort of factories are there. I can't name five other college teams that are four deep at quarterback as good as these four kids are. I mean, when you're potentially looking at upside, Colin Schley is your fourth string quarterback, basically the guy who won't even dress. This guy started at Kent State last year, and he's not even going to dress for you. You know, that's potentially what you're looking at in this quarterback room. This is top five in terms of depth. Yeah, so top five in terms of depth for the quarterback room. Let's go to the running back room. Carson Steele, I know we've got high hopes for Harden. We've mentioned Atkins. Uh, we've talked about Keegan Jones. Is this a top 15, 20 running back room? Yes. This is, this, is, this is a top 15 to 20 running back room. I think, again, in terms of the variety, you and I have talked about it with, with Schley, uh, with, with uh, Steele and Atkins in terms of the power, Harden with sort of that versatility, variety, Keegan Jones with the home run. They don't quite have the star power of some other schools, but when you put that together, that is a, a unit that is going to finish between top 15 and top 20, no question about it. And then when you add the fact that they are going to be in chip steam, and when you look at yeah, that's the biggest the, one, the opportunities that open up. Remember, we all have referenced that lovely scatter plot where it was talking about yards that a team accrued versus yards that they should have accrued with a different scheme. And UCLA was top right, meaning UCLA got more yards because of their scheme and less because of their talent than any other school. And so just on that virtue alone, as long as you have an above average room in terms of talent, you're going to finish top 15 in rushing. And that's where I fully expect the Bruins to be. So we have quarterback and running back room, both in the top 15 to 20. Tight end room, Matavo, the highly decorated four-star coming in 
from Oregon. You got Hudson Habermill. You've got Carson Ryan, who was lighting it up before an injury. In my opinion, that's a top 15 or 20 tight end room, especially with what we have as, as knowledge with Chip developing tight ends, the Greg Dulcich's, the Ossiasis, the Caleb Wilsons of the world. So that's a top 15, 20 room. And then the wide receiver room, you're mentioning, you know, you probably maybe 10 to 12 wide receiver rooms better than this. Think about that. When is the last time UCLA has had this across the board where you look at that offensive talent, it's not just one guy or two guys. It's guys in threes and fours that can go out there and make plays, Matt, man. It's unbelievable. So I'm it's really, really thriller. That's what That's what I'm saying. It's You broke it down beautifully. It's why I'm saying this has the potential to be the most talented team since 98. And that 98 team was about top 20 in all of those different areas. And that 98 team was on the second half of 20 consecutive wins. That's still a school record for UCLA. And so, again, I want to temper the expectations. But when you look at this team on paper, I challenge you to find another UCLA team in the 21st century that is as talented or more talented than what this team potentially will be in 23. And just, I mean, talent sprayed all around. It's beautiful. Last question with the receiving room. Sturdivant. 65 grabs, 755 yards, seven touchdowns last year. Does he exceed the over in all of those categories for UCLA next year, maybe with the freshman single caller in Dante Moore? That's really interesting, Will. I think that I'm probably going to go a little under there because I think he's going to split a lot of stats with Kyle Ford. And, you know, when you think about – what Bobo did this year, right? Bobo was right around 750 to 800 as basically being the only guy, right? I mean, clearly the number one option. And then the next highest receiver had 450 yards receiving, which was Kaz Allen. Now you're going into a situation where Kyle Ford had nearly 500 yards receiving standing opposite the Bolitnikov winner this year. So you know Kyle Ford is going to be able to eat even more than he did in that stacked receiving room. I think they're both going to be around kind of 600, 650, anywhere between six and 700 next year, which is exactly where you want them to be. I think if they're both six to 700, both in that sort of five to eight touchdown category, and then you start peppering around with potentially a wide receiver number three and potentially a Trojan number two, and then potentially the, the tight end room. I mean, you have a very decorated offense which again is meant to just be a supplement to that exceptional running game. Exceptional indeed, man. And we are really excited to see where this offense progresses next year as we get closer and closer to September by the week. We got two huge returns coming back for UCLA. And I gave you this question on last week's Bruin Bible. If this guy's return was bigger than Charbonnet's, and I think we both agreed that it was if he did decide to return that was realized. We got Liatu Latu, the talented edge rusher, coming back for UCLA. And this was a guy that left his mark in college football last year. Yes, we talked about the 10.5 sacks, the 12.5 tackles for a loss. He had the third highest win rate of any edge rusher in the entire country last year per PFF. And he had the most pressures in the entire country in terms of just one singular bowl game of all bowl game players with 11. Liatu Latu coming back for the position of need. Zero to 10, how big is this for UCLA football? 9.5. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's it's absolutely massive because you're talking about the guy who led you in sacks, 
you mentioned all of the next order statistics, the next gen statistics. I find the the pressure number incredible in terms of the bowl games. He had 11 pressures, which was absolutely insane. And when you factor in, Will, that he had more than double the next person in terms of who finished second on, on the team in sacks, I mean, you're talking about the vast majority of your pass rush expertise. Listen, if DTR kind of finishes that drive against USC, he is the hero and the yeah. co-hero is Leatu Latu for getting Caleb Williams on the ground. The only guy who could get Caleb Williams on the ground the whole night. And again, Will, we talk about this. When you talk about this offense and then realize what does this defense really need? It needs four to seven stops a game to really be competitive. And when you look at the other quarterbacks in the Pac-12, you're not going to be able to have this 85 Bears, 2000 Ravens, 2013 Broncos, the great Niner defenses, the Legion of Boom defenses in the Pac-12 next year. The way you're going to do it is through targeted pass rush to be able to get these quarterbacks uncomfortable and off schedule to have enough stops in a game to give your offense the chance to win. And in that regard, with that scheme, Leatu Latu is arguably the most valuable player on the UCLA team. He is, he is potentially UCLA's 2023 MVP. As crazy as that may sound, and as much as we're gushing and glowing about these other names, and we've had segments galore about Dante Moore, Leatu Latu is the 2023 UCLA MVP. And so for, for him to be able to come back and complement this team, it really moves the needle in terms of contention for UCLA in the Pac-12. And it drives me crazy. I know we've talked about this in the past, where the defensive players never get the shine that these yeah. talented offensive players may get. I vividly remember us going on the post-Super Bowl podcast last year when the Rams won it. And everyone's Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup. And I don't want to take anything away from Cup. He was phenomenal. But that was Aaron Donald's MVP trophy. It, it, the game come down came down to Aaron Donald making two of the biggest plays when the game mattered the most. He was the most – you couldn't take your eyes off of him. Joe Burrow had a Jamar Chase wide open, and Donald wrestled him to the ground. Wide open. It was unbelievable. So hearing that Latu was your MVP of the UCLA Bruins for last year, that is a huge, huge – sentiment and just your understanding of football so love that you made that point lot you coming back is huge and you know chip kelly the first press conference of the season i was in the house for that you know after the win against bowling green he was so excited even though the game was a little closer than people liked chip kind of opened up a little bit and showed some enthusiasm he goes hey we finally got a front four that can generate pressure this is what we were looking for you bring back the most talented pass rusher ucla's had since anthony barr and the Murphy twins and what they're able to bring, get a healthy Gary Smith back, you know, Heimlicker coming from Penn. This is a unit that's very going to be very, very good. I would put them in the top three to four units in the Pac-12 when it comes to just strictly defensive line, a sign that is welcomely, you know, encouraged by UCLA fans. So we were really excited about that. The other guy coming back, Darius Muwasa. And just, you know, we saw the stats that he was able to bring to the table at Hawaii, he was probably our most sure tackler in the open field last year, one of the leaders of the defense. And you pair that with the addition of an Oladijo coming from Cal and John John Vons, who may have taken the biggest jump on the entire teams in terms of what he was able to bring to the defense. 
How big is this for the linebacking room to get back Muasau as well as Latu? I mean, this is unreal. It's unreal. Well, you said it. You you use the perfect word. It's unreal because you're not only bringing back now your best sack guy, your best pass rusher and Latu, you're bringing back your best tackler in Muasau. And now you you mentioned it. Oladigio, Muasau, Latu, John John Vons. I mean, this is going to force Chip and McGovern to say, look, the, we got to have all four of these guys on the field at the same time. And whether that means sort of in the textbook sense, we got to run a 3-4 in terms of three guys with their hands in the ground, or whether we can slide John John Vaughn's back and play kind of a Derwin James hybrid safety linebacker spot. Just the versatility now that you get at that second level of the defense to either bring pressure to that first level or retreat back and provide help to your third level. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And Moasau showed incredible flashes last year. Will, I, the, the Utah game comes to mind with that incredible interception. And you're the one yeah. who gave that great comparison to Manti Teo and, and how he sort of played like Teo in terms of for flashes of this season. And I couldn't agree more. And so now you get the sure tackling linebacker who's going to be line to the ball, point of attack, deal with containment. You got the great pass rusher in Latu. You've got this unbelievable athlete on the other side in Oladijo. And then you've got John John Vons who can be part safety, part linebacker. The, the opportunity here is endless in terms of versatility for the Bruins. I don't want to sort of confuse that they're going to become all of a sudden he'll hold everyone to six points. Hey, hey, we, we, we encourage proclamations on this podcast. <laughs> I'm waiting for yours. I made mine last year. The, the, <laughs> the, the shirt that I'm buying for Will Decker, for all of our viewers out there, this is the shirt that I'm buying for Will Decker. It's going to say, and he's got to wear it every game. Okay, every game. This is your shirt. I'm going to make the custom shirt hashtag secondary to none that's my hashtag for you you know that's the will decker's shirt for next year but will i think that there's a lot of very interesting uh, personnel packages that you can have on defense and the versatility is i think something this team just did not have last year and moasau coming back allows you to have those looks it's a huge addition i'm really surprised will that both guys chose to come back in, in when you talk about how physical they play, the injury history, the lifespan, the fact that they've already been four years removed from high school. And what it tells me is that they have the mindfulness to say, hey, I want to work on a few more things to maximize. But B, it also tells me that they love being at UCLA. They love being coached by Chip and they want to see this program succeed. And in a world where you're seeing guys even across town play nine games and set out the bowl game and, you know, play come for one year and then jump and, and other, you know, huge programs or guys are sitting out the bowl game. The fact that these guys want to come back a fifth year removed from high school to play for this man, to play for this program and this university. I mean, what greater endorsement is that for Chip Kelly? So what if he doesn't speak like an actor or have the hair and the charisma like a John Calipari? Charisma comes in a lot of different ways, and Chip time and again is showing there's a stickiness to this guy. Everybody wants to sort of be around him because they know being around him is going to make them better, and that's the common theme, whether you heard Dante Moore talk about it, whether you're hearing the Sturdivants, 
and the Kyle Hordes talk about it, or whether you're you're hearing it from the defensive guys. There's just something really special and magical happening right now at UCLA, and the tide is turning about this being both a basketball school and a football school. And, you know, arguably the most talented linebacking room UCLA has had since Kendricks and Barr were both there. You know, I, think I agree. Both of those guys coming in were huge difference makers for UCLA, kind of getting over the hump against the likes of USC and, you know, some of the Pac-12 foes that plagued them in previous years. And just to show you how good of a talent Liatu Latu is when it comes to playing at the next level, he's going to have to clear some of those injury concerns, you know, with what his injury history is. That's just the reality of the situation. But with Dane Brugler, he's kind of my draft go-to. He works for the Athletic. He's one of the best around. And he mentioned uh, some notable underclassmen who haven't officially announced their decision leading into Liatu's decision to stay. It was C.J. Stroud. It was Quentin Johnson of TCU. Both those players were the best players on teams that made the Final Four within college football. uh, Kendra Miller, Liatu Latu. Those were the four names he mentioned. So the fact that Brugler was keeping an eye on that situation and announced it there, that makes me think he could be a day one, day two pick at the NFL level. So getting Latu back, is huge. Getting Muwasau back is huge. Another thing that's huge, Madman, we had the schedule release for UCLA football today. We know who we're going to play. And I think the biggest development for me, no Oregon, no Bo Nix again, especially after they tormented us, you know, playing there. And we don't have to get the revenge Michael Penix Jr. game where we beat them on the Thursday night, you know, in, in such a beautiful fashion. Those are going to be two of the top teams within the Pac-12. I'm looking at some of the schedule. SC games obviously going to be huge. You know, Oregon State's going to be a challenge. But just from looking at the schedule, I've got kind of my answer. How many wins do you think UCLA can scrummage together with it being one of the more talented rosters we've seen in recent years? Well, it's remarkable how much things can change in a 30-day period. And I sort of going in, and you and I sort of talked a little bit offline the past couple of weeks and at least where I was I won't speak for you but I was sort of hovering between a eight and four seven and five type of situation to where that roster was 30 days ago and I said well you know eight and four would be a really good year um, to, to sort of build off of and move forward I have moved that up to I'm at nine and three right now and Ooh. it all depends will on the quarterback and if we get a Dante Moore true freshman that's that's sort of playing like the way Rosen played as a true freshman, I know that Rosen is such a polarizing figure. Rosen was Pac-12 freshman of the year. He was first team uh, all-conference as a freshman. If we get a version of Rosen for Dante Moore just as a true freshman – that number could even go up when you look at the, the the level of talent on this roster. And I can't believe I'm saying that given where this roster was three or four weeks ago. I think, but I need to see it a little bit with quarterback. It all comes down to that centerpiece. Can the Bruins get their Brock Purdy? I mean, that's really the question here with, with all the weapons around them and the right decisions. And can you have an 18-year-old do that for you? Or does Garbers have to be your your Brock Purdy for a year and then until the, the Dante Moore era starts? I think that's what's going to be so compelling. Three games jump out to me, Will, at Utah, at Oregon State, at USC. I think those are the three challenging games, especially when you got to go to Corvallis, DJU, that offensive line. 
when Salt you look Lake, at, man. Salt you know, Lake is no joke. It's been a house of horrors for us the last seven or eight years. And then kind of having, again, to go to the Coliseum and having to play the Heisman Trophy winner. I think those are the three tough games. And I think every other game, I feel like this team can win with the roster that they have right now and serviceable quarterback play. And I think they need to get the next step of quarterback play to go above that. But I have it at 9-3 and three right now, Will. I think I'm at 10 and two. I, wow. I can't believe I'm going double digits in the year <laughs> that, you know, we have a freshman quarterback coming in, but I mean, we talked about it, just all those position groups on offense, we all ranked them in the top 15 to 20 nationally. Right. So you have that, you know, talent level, you have one of the top five play callers in all of college football and Chip Kelly calling the plays and, you know, Dante Moore is going to learn a lot, but, how many quarterbacks in college football would love to have that run game behind them? Having that level of run game, and by the way, they're going to be doing it in bunches, and I think maybe the most loaded backfield that UCLA's had under Chip Kelly. He's going to be sending the fire in the rain for all these defenders coming at him. Oh, it's third and short. Let me bring in Atkins. Oh, it's you know third and long. Keegan Jones is going to torch this linebacker. Oh, you know first and 10, let's give it to TJ Harden. He's going to get seven or eight yards here at least. Ooh, and Carson steal a little pitch play to the outside. He's going to pick up 15 on a little scamper to the outside. So you just have guys. And I just – I feel confident in UCLA and where they're headed right now. I think Dante's as advertised. I think he has a chance to be better than Josh Rosen in just a lot of different ways. Just given what we saw in the All-American game, playing against the likes of the best players in the country, he was by far and away better than everyone else on the field. I'm going 10 and two, man. And I know all those are, you know, tough games. They're going to win one of those games at the very yeah. least. They're going to win one of those games. Yeah, I, I honestly, Will, I, you know, I was thinking, I, I mean, Will, I'll be honest with you. Okay. This is, this is crazy talk here. When you start breaking down this roster and if you get credible to good quarterback play, there's no reason this can't be 11 and one. There's no reason this can't be 12 and one after a Pac-12 championship. There's no reason this can't be 13 and one after a bowl win. I mean, honestly, the sky is kind of the limit for this team when you start looking at the roster here. And, and I think everyone that's sleeping on this team, I don't think they've done their homework on who's actually come in. I am just keeping it at nine and three right now. Today, it's nine and three because I have not seen any quarterback play yet at the collegiate level. I know what Dante Moore is going to be. And let's be very clear on this, Will. He will be better than Josh Rosen. There's no question about it. The question is, will he be a better version of Rosen as a true freshman? That's the only question sure, uh, yeah. in my mind. And so I just need to see it. I'm, I'm not willing to kind of go all the way there. I need to see it. If I see it, I'm sure we're going to do this exercise again in about seven months, Will. That number might change. But today, for me, it's 9-3. and three, But I completely understand your logic at 10-2. and two. I think the bottom line is there's a ton to be excited about. Ton to be excited about. And just skill position players galore. The defense getting fortified by these guys coming back. And what looked to be a dreary offseason for UCLA fans has quickly become such a sense of hope you know, a, a community sense of hope for UCLA moving into 2023. Madman, any parting thoughts before we get going? And I will leave with one thought. Uh, when it comes to bet online, we should place a wager on the Bruins, you know, winning the Pac-12 next year. I'd like to see what type of odds we can get with that. Any parting thoughts before we sign off from the Bruin Bible? 
Will, I just think that there's as much excitement as there is right now. I think there's potentially more to come. I mean, does does Gary Bryant Jr. follow his yeah. former Trojan buddy to come to UCLA? Are there some opportunities here on the defensive side of the ball? Can we beef up, you know, the defensive line a little bit Can we, in terms of run-stopping capability? And I think the last piece of the puzzle now is offensive line. And I think now Chip's focus, once he kind of gets an answer with GBJ and some of the others that he's put out there, I think the focus the next four to six weeks has to be on offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Because that's the one unit that can blow up all of our magical plans, right? Because if there's no protection up front and there's no time to throw and there's no holes to be opened up for the run game, all of a sudden now all of these skilled guys it's almost like, you know, driving a Ferrari in New York City, right? I mean, you just, you know, you just don't have the ability to do it. So O-line fans, keep an eye out for that. I think that's the next step for Chip here. And he will do it, no question about it. And if he does, boy, oh boy, it is time to get your season tickets. It is time to buy your apparel. It is time to buff out your chest a little bit because 2023 is going to be very special. The beginning of something magical coming to the Rose Bowl. Will Decker, your host, Jamal Madney, your co-host, Bruin Bible. Stay tuned. We got more stuff coming on YouTube throughout the week. Subscribe to our UCLA LAFB YouTube channel. Hopefully we can get a live in at some point. I think we got to take the pulse of the fan base to a little live coming on. And I haven't even told you this. Friday, we got the voice of the Bruins, Wayne Cook, Coming on the Bruin Bible. So that's going to be a big one for UCLA fans. Make sure you tune in for that. Bruin Bible, we are officially 